Hello, my name is Joshua Gilliland, attorney blogger on Bowtie Law and with Jessica Meterson on The Legal Geeks. Thank you for joining me for a discussion of taxation of costs and recovering hosted repository fees. There are two recent cases from 2013 addressing recovering costs for hosted e-discovery. Neither one of these cases allowed the recovery of these costs. The first is Anacora Technologies, Inc. v. Apple. Apple was the prevailing party and sought recovery of $71,000 in licensing fees for hosting their data for document review and ultimate production. They sought recovery pursuant to 28 U.S.C. 1920, uh, sections 3 through 4. The court denied these costs explaining that costs incurred in hosting documents electronically and particularly in hosting costs that exponentially exceed the amount space needed for the amount of data actually produced as here simply do not fit under section 1920's narrow limit of exemplification and the cost of making copies of any materials where the copies are necessarily obtained for use in the case. And that quote is from page 9 of the opinion. The court also explained that the compensatable costs only pertain to the preparation and duplication of documents, not the efforts incurred in assembling, collecting, or processing those documents. And accordingly, the court rejected Apple's arguments and denied the cost recovery of $71,000 for hosting fees. The other case that addressed these issues is uh, Masuda v. Panda Express, and this is from the beginning of 2014. And the magistrate judge handling the case was Young B. Kim. Very interesting case because the court phrased the issue of cost recovery as cost could only be recovered if hosting amounted to copying of ESI for production. So we are left with the age-old question, is this making copies? And the court said no in this case. However, it's important to acknowledge because of the language used, it did not completely cut off this option. Now in it, the court stated the defendant's hosting invoices uh, were reviewed and held that the defendant did not demonstrate that the relativity services included some form of conversion of data akin to making copies for use in this case. Without evidence of this critical nature, this court has no authority to award the hosting costs in this case. And that's on page 21 of the opinion. The court ended the opinion with, in specifically addressing uh, section 1920, section 4, for better or worse, uh, you know, this section is not concerned with attorney efficiency or convenience. Uh, and this was in response to the defense argument that the hosting cost was reasonable and necessary given the time that they had to review. And the hosting costs in the second case was only $3,087.92. We need to look at different issues for vendor billing and being able to have e-discovery service providers document very convincingly 
why these costs were necessary for the case. We also have to look at explaining processing to the court and how collection and processing are actually making a duplicate of the data in the case. In my opinion, when processing costs are only recoverable when the e-discovery, the native files, are converted into static images and thus becoming less usable, is a perverse incentive to drive up e-discovery costs as opposed to driving them down. And that is because frequently with service providers, when you process data into a non-searchable form, it increases processing time and therefore it increases the service provider's costs to their attorney clients. If they process everything and review natively and they are thus hosting the data, those steps should equally be recoverable. I think the issue is explaining these issues to a court very thoroughly uh, via affidavits and that service provider billing needs to go into greater detail. An online database is far more than just a simple repository for review. When you think about the tools that are used for analytics and data reduction and predictive coding, we have some amazing possibilities. For example, a friend called me with a dispute and a case. And in this dispute, she was able to show enough inappropriate actions by the opposing side that question the validity of the production. As such, the court ordered the mirror imaging of the defendant's hard drives, and the plaintiff was then challenged with, how do I compare production one to production two, which includes a mirror image of the data, very quickly, to see if there's any production gaps and analyze the data in production two to determine whether or not there's additional responsive discovery that should have been produced that was not. An online database with predictive coding technology and near dedupe technology is the way to do that. What I would do in such a situation is take production one and compare it with production two and use near dedupe technology to compare their productions and see if everything uh, collides between the two uh, based upon content. And that's what the near dedupe technology could do. After that has been completed and seeing whether or not everything matches, uh, using predictive coding technology and using production one as a seed set to train the review application to analyze production two to see if there's additional data that's conceptually similar based upon meeting, phraseology, uh, text itself, and train the review application to analyze production two to see if there's anything else that's responsive. Putting those steps together goes beyond thinking of a review application as simply an online repository. And moreover, being able to argue how those steps were necessary for the case and being able to identify responsive discovery, I think would be key to showing that we are beyond just looking for uh, 
making a copy, but actually finding what was reasonably necessary for the case. I think it's a point that can be argued. I think using rule one is a way to further that argument, but somebody has to have the right fact pattern, document it, have experts who can help with it, and convince the court. And when they, that day happens, and I think it will, I think we will see parties consider proportionality more so up front in the case about what they are willing to request. So that way we do not have large production sets uh, to be collected and reviewed when the amount of relevant information is small, but also acknowledge that these tools further the interest of Federal Rule of Civil Procedure Rule 1 and to get past making copies being just ESI to TIFF, but being able to say the collection and processing of this data is making a forensically sound copy that is defensible with metadata that can be analyzed and used in one of these applications. So instead of taking months or years to review, we can do it in a very short time instead. Thank you all very much for tuning in and have a wonderful day.